Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we bless you, sir, and we thank you and we honor you for this time. Thank you for these incredible world-changing leaders. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be able to pour into them. And so, Father, I pray that you would guide our discussion, you would lead our discussion. In fact, I pray that you would give me exactly what every leader needs to hear so that they are sharp, even in this moment of transition and change. This is where leaders rise to the top. This is when new titans of industry arise. This is when new spiritual leaders arise. This is when there's a changing of the guards. What's been prophesied and what's been declared for many years We are literally in the midst of that happening and happening right now. So in your name, Father, we bless you, we honor you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Well, listen, guys, welcome. I'm so glad that you are with us today. Um, If you're live on the call or you're listening to the podcast, I know you're going to be encouraged. What are we doing? This is designed so that leaders can go further faster. The whole reason the Harvest Leadership Network exists, and you don't have to be a member of the Leadership Network, to receive uh, this poor and this information, uh, but the reason that it exists is because we want to empower leaders to seize harvest and to change regions. That's what we are all about. And so when you impact the leader, um, your impact goes further. See, it's one thing to impact the life of someone that is a follower in an organization. It is another thing to impact the leader of the organization. What's the difference, Bishop? Because when you impact the leader of the organization, you are going to create exponential change and transformation. So that's part of my assignment. So I'm just glad that you're on here with me. What are we doing? We're going to empower leaders to change regions, to seize the harvest. Ultimately, everything we do, whether it is business or arts and entertainment, media, government, whatever we're doing, it is all ultimately designed so that we are able to ensure um, that the that lives of people are changed and that we're seizing the harvest. The Bible says um, that we are ambassadors pleading with people to be reconciled to the Lord. See, I do that as a bishop leading other leaders. I do that as a pastor leading Harvest Church. I do that as an entrepreneur for my various entrepreneurial endeavors and pursuits. I do that through a variety of different means, writing music and publishing music. I do that through a variety of different ways. But the reality is is that um, whatever area you're in, the seven areas of society, arts and entertainment, business, education, family, government, media, and spirituality, uh, which is the church, wherever area you're at, you're on assignment there. You are not just there to get a paycheck. You are not just there to build a nice career. You have literally been dispatched by heaven to go into that realm of society to bring transformation and change. What a great privilege, y'all, that we have to be agents of change, ambassadors of change 
in the world. I need you to see yourself as bigger than your area code. I need you to see yourself as bigger than your zip code, especially right now, leader, where we are now at an age where digital media and digital memes are everything right now, right? I need you to see yourself. Matter of fact, can I get you to open your mouth? And make that declaration over your life. Say, I'm bigger than my zip code. Come on, say it. Say, I'm bigger than my area code. I need you to speak that so that you understand that. So it's my delight to be able to pour into you uh, on this, whether or not you're listening to the call or the podcast. A couple of quick things before we get into today's leadership talk. And then we're going to open up for some Q&A at the end. Uh, we intentionally, if you're on the call, have the lines muted when you come in because if you've ever been on a call or there's been people gathered from every different time zone, you know it can get noisy. So we intentionally mute the lines on an administrative end uh, so that we're not dealing with issues later on. So here we go. If you don't have the Harvest Mobile app, I encourage you to get it. Two simple ways to do it. Number one, you can text the word HARVEST, H-A-R-V-E-S-T, to the telephone number 59769. You know, text Harvest to 59769, and you will be able to connect with us that way. Number two, um, I want to encourage you, you can go to our website, harvestchurch.church, and click on the uh, link there for the mobile app. It's super simple, simple, easy, super easy, rather, to download. In fact, over 10,000-plus downloads so far. To God be the glory, we're just getting started. Number two. We'd love for you to be a part of our Harvest Leadership Network family. Bishop, how do I get connected to HLN? At the time of this call and the time of this podcast, there's totally zero cost to be a part. Um, all you need to do is you can, again, text HLN to 59769. We've got a lot of texts for you because we like to be um, as digitally savvy as we can possibly be. You get more done when you do things in a digital manner. So you can do that, or again, you can go to harvestsearch.church, and you can click on <clears throat> the link there for the Harvest Leadership Network, and you can join that way. We'd love for you to do that. One of the things that happens when you do that, I still do one-on-one -on -one sessions. Uh, the reason that I do one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions is uh, so that I am able to make sure that I am spending time investing into and pouring into individuals on an individual basis. Uh, I enjoy both settings, both the public setting and then the one-on-one -on -one session. So if you're a member of the Leadership Network, you actually uh, can access those coaching sessions, those one-on-ones, uh, at a rate that is less than the, the general public. The other cool thing about when you do a one-on-one -on -one session and through those means is that uh, what you give is actually an offering that goes to support Harvest Missions. And so it doesn't come directly to me, not that there would be anything wrong if it did. It doesn't come directly to me. It actually goes to support Harvest Missions. And so I want to encourage you to, uh, to take a look at that and, uh, and do that. And so um, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to, uh, uh, really looking forward to excuse me, is the ability, especially as you're coming out and we're coming out of this time of pandemic, um, is working with you to walk in your new normal. So I encourage you to get on the front end of that if you want to do a one-on-one -on -one session, all right? Also, I want you to be mindful our conference dates have been in, uh, changed for our Harvest Conference. We do that annually each year. And uh, if you're a member of the Leadership Network, you, again, you, get, you just get membership as its privileges. Um, if you're not, <clears throat> you're still invited to be a part of that. For the Leadership Network and for the Harvest Conference this year, we have not yet released those dates. Why haven't we? We have not released those dates yet because of the ongoing coronavirus uh, outbreak, which we pray for what swift end to the coronavirus outbreak. If you're listening to this podcast years down the road, you're like, what are they even talking about, the coronavirus outbreak? It is literally the year where all things became new, which is what we prophesied this year would be. Sometimes God brings new in an unexpected way. 
I'm going to say that again. That's tweetable. That's Insta-storyable. I just made the word up. Sometimes God brings new in an unexpected way. We don't expect the new that he brings to come uh, to come the way that it may necessarily come. And so in all of that, um, of what I want to talk about um, as it relates to those dates are, one, you should be a part of it. All right? We'd love for you to come. But you're like, Mr. when is it? We'll release the date as soon as everything is clear. Uh, for travel, et cetera. Also, I want to encourage you, if you're connected, I want to hear your testimony. I want to hear how God is working in your life. And so you can go to our website um, and, uh, and be a part of that. And so um, all you got to do is get our app, you get our website, and uh, it, it would be amazing for you to share how God uh, is working in your life. I know he is, and I like to hear those testimonies. All you have to do is go to, get to our app or to our website, and you can submit your praise report about God's working in your life. It's called the Change Lives blog because that's what Harvest exists for. So uh, at the end of the day, we'd love for you to do that. Last thing before we get into today's leadership talk, it's going to be good, y'all. Get your pens and pads and your, your, your iPhones, your iPads, your, um, all of it. Get it ready. Get it ready. It's going to be very good. It's going to be a very important spiritual lesson to leadership. The more spiritually accurate you are, the, the more quality leader you can be. I'm going to say it again. The more spiritually accurate you are, the better leader you can be. Um, when you understand that very simple principle, it's going to help you. Right? And if you're just coming in on the line or for the call, uh, we're excited. When you come in, you're automatically muted out. We're going to take some Q&A at the end so that we don't have, again, you've got people in different time zones and everybody's doing different things, and we want to make sure we can keep the line clear. If you want to sow, I'm a believer in giving. I'm a believer in sowing. I believed it before I was a bishop. I believed it before I was a pastor, and I believe it afterwards. My first book called Getting Your Finances in Order, which we're about to re-release and rebrand it as Making Money Moves, um, that book was about how I gave my way out of a valley and every business lesson that I learned, every personal financial lesson that I learned. I started my first business when I was 12 years old. I've been hiring people and building businesses since I was an adolescent. And one of the things uh, that I learned through that experience is that at the end of the day, you've got to have good principles for how you're going to manage your finances and, and how you're going to get those in order. And so I started my first business when I was 12. At the time I was 21, I built one of my more successful of entrepreneurial endeavors into a multimillion-dollar operation, and to God be the glory for that. But guess what? That industry collapsed. I went through a valley. I said, God, if you show me how to get through this valley, I will write a book and tell everybody else how to do it. And so guess what? That's what I did. So I believe in giving. I gave my way out of that valley. And let that be a word for some leader. Uh, whatever you're in, you can literally give your way out. How do you know, Bishop? It's all throughout the scriptures, but I'll give you a simple one. Luke 6.38, give, and it shall be what? Given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, so men pour into your bosom. In other words, whatever I want, i got to release it first. My increase comes through my release. All right? So if you want to sow, uh, because people always say, Bishop, how can I sow? What are the easiest ways to do that? I like to just be preemptive now and answer that question. You can use Cash App, Harvest Church Give, all one word. If you want to send it directly to me as a love offering, you can do that as Bishop Foreman, F-O-R-E-M-A-N. If you want to send a check or a money order, you can send that in, P.O. Box 441004, Aurora, Colorado, 844. Our website, uh, harvestchurch.church forward slash give. That's an easy way. PayPal, tons of people are enjoying to use PayPal. It's amazing to me. You can do hello at harvestchurch.church. That's the email for that. And then, of course, you can use our app, 
And if you're connected to Harvest, we've got text to give. All of those methods are on Harvest Search, that search forward slash give. Just want to make sure that you have them. I'll give them to you again at the end of our leadership talk today. I just want to make sure you have them. Let's jump in. So leaders, here's what I want to talk about. I've talked to you about the frustrated leader. I've talked to you about the distinguished leader. I've talked to you about the prepared leader. I have talked to you uh, about uh, developing the discipline to win consistently as a leader. And I need you to know that this is still going to be the best year of your life. This is still going to be the best decade of your life. I've talked to you about the ambitious leader. I've talked to you about the discouraged leader. I've talked to you about the prophetic leader. I've talked to you about the emotionally strong leader. I've talked to you about making sure you know who's sitting at your table. I've talked to you about the grieving leader, developing the influencer. How do you build something from nothing? I have talked to you about a variety of different subjects. Here's one we're going to talk about today. Y'all ready? The praying leader. Now, before you say, Bishop, I'm a leader. I'm a leader in church. I'm a leader in business. I don't know. I don't need to know nothing about praying. Can I submit to you, and I want to ask you a question, and the question is not designed to be an insult. The question is designed to help us see where we can improve because great leaders are students first. I'm going to say that again. Great leaders are students first. So here's my question to you. My question is, does the fruit you're seeing and what you lead reflect that you can't improve in prayer? All of us can answer that uh, if we're answering honestly. All of us can answer that and say, absolutely not. The fruit reflects that there is more we can do uh, from a prayer standpoint to be a better leader. I want to give you a scripture, Luke chapter 11. It says, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray as John also taught his disciples. Now, what's amazing to me is that that passage is between Jesus, excuse me, and his disciples. They ask him to teach them how to pray. Let's give some definitions. Number one, a disciple. That means a disciplined student. That's the meaning of disciple. So these are Jesus' disciplined students, and they ask him to teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples. Now, we could say that these were church boys. They were raised in church, so to speak, which means just because you've been a Christian or even a Christian leader for a while doesn't mean that you know how to pray effectively. How do I know that I'm praying effectively? Because I'm seeing results. How do I know that my prayers are working? I'm seeing results. And so there's six simple questions that I want to answer from a leadership perspective about being a praying leader. Can I get you to type that and to open your mouth and make that declaration, I'm a praying leader? Come on, say it with me. Every leader, come on, say, I'm a praying leader. So number one, who, who should pray? You can pray individually. And with people, of course, right? As a leader, I want to add this, not just individually and with people, you should be praying over what you lead. You should be praying over what you lead. Here's some examples um, where we run into issues, is that a leader sometimes prays, watch me, about challenges in what they lead, but they don't pray over what they lead. Bishop, what's the difference? To pray over what you lead means I'm not just coming to God with every challenge. Lord, um, Susie, and I'm just making her name up, Susie's creating issues. Please let her get her issues together. Here's a leadership prayer. If I'm over the church, if I'm over all of the churches, if I'm over the business, then I'm covering the business. I'm covering its customers. I'm covering its revenue. Are you following me? If you're a church leader. I'm covering the church. I'm covering every ministry leader. 
I'm covering every person that attends the church. I'm covering every person that might attend the church. I'm covering the people who uh, are first-time guests to the church. So one of the things that happens is sometimes we know we can pray individually and with people, but sometimes we don't pray over what we leave. A praying leader prays over what they leave, and they pray over every aspect of what they leave. So I want to challenge you to do this. What are the aspects of what you leave? And write some of those down. If it's a business, you should be praying over your customers. Pray over my customers. Why am I praying over my customers? Because one customer, listen, you keep thinking you need hundreds of customers. Can I be honest with you? One customer can be worth millions of dollars to you. I'm telling you what I know. One individual can be of such great value to your organization that that one person is worth 200 other people in terms of what they contribute to your organization or what they buy or what they purchase. So you've got to cover those aspects of what you lead. And many times leaders don't do that. We just say, Lord, just bless the church. That is vague, and we're going to get into that in a moment. He's already blessed you because you have the ability to get up, all right? You have the ability to move forward. Um, we don't have to pray. We get to pray. As leaders, we don't have to do that. We get to do that. Prayer is not an obligation. Prayer is a privilege that you have uh, when you are a Christian. Um, let me say this. When you are praying and you're just praying individually and you're praying for someone or yourself or as a leader, you're praying over what you lead, hear me, you must be in agreement with yourself. Now, I need you to get this principle, leaders, because many times we pray, but we are praying and we are in disagreement with ourselves. Your spirit, uh, which is your subconscious mind, it must agree with your soul. That is your mind, your conscious mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. And your flesh must, must agree. How do you know that? What does the Bible say? Whoever two or three touch on agreeing, and agreeing on anything, it shall be done for them. That's just not with other people. That's with myself. Ooh, did you catch that leader? Which means if you're a leader that's not in agreement with you, then you are not going to see fruit and results. Like if you're praying, Lord, let it, let it prosper, let it do well, but part of you is like, I don't know, I'm probably going to give up. Guess what? You are not in agreement with yourself. I need you to lay your hands on yourself, leader, and say, Lord, cause me to be in agreement. Come on, say it with me, with myself. Your spirit has to agree with your soul, and it has to agree with your flesh or your body. Because when, watch me, your soul is going to give instructions to your body. So if my body's not in agreement with it, what does that mean? I am not going to take the actions necessary to see what I prayed for. My God, that's good. If I'm not in agreement, I'm not going to take the actions necessary to see what I, uh, what I prayed for. As a leader, if what you pray over, you are not cognizant of the fact that you've got to be in agreement. So if you're praying for, let's just use church, if you're praying for a building, my party's like, I don't even know if I really want to do a building right now. You're not in agreement with you. So what you're praying over, you're not going to see any results. Got it? You can't just pray and not have corresponding action because what do we know, leaders? Faith without what? Works is dead. Let's go further. Prayer is like rain that waters the seed we plant with our actions. So let me give you some examples. Um, let's just say you pray for a godly husband. Well, you need to learn what a wife is and be one. The Bible says he who finds a wife, not a girlfriend. You pray for a new job. Be excellent where you work now. You prayed to be a millionaire, so big C. You prayed for healing. Well, go see your doctor, and maybe you need to change your eating habits. 
You pray to be used greater in ministry. We'll be faithful where you are at and go above and beyond. See, as leaders, sometimes it's easy to say it but not to do it. Now, I need you to hear me. You are the type of leader. You don't just say this thing. You do this thing. I need you to open your mouth and make this declaration, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Can I say to you, you're going to have to hear me say, say this, write this, do this. The goal of it is, one, to activate Scripture. The Bible says in Proverbs that life and death are in the power of our tongue. Got it? Then the Scripture goes on to say, uh, like this, it says that Jesus is the high priest of our confession, which means he is literally praying what it is that we say. That's deep. He's the high priest of our confession. He is literally praying what it is that we say. Um, so that's so important. Leaders, be careful who you pray with. Because remember, you can pray individually. Um, you can pray with others, and then you should be praying over whatever you lead. You've got to be very careful who you pray with. They've got to be in agreement with your prayer. And that's why, for example, at Harvard Church, we have what we call prayer partners doing worship experiences. We've been doing it for years where people will come down, and when people come down and experience to pray, or even when they do it online now uh, to pray, um, those prayer partners stand in agreement with them. You have to be careful that you are not praying with people who are not in agreement with you. Can I give you a tip on leadership? You will sense the energy of someone that is not in agreement with you. I'm going to say it again. You will sense the energy of someone that is not in agreement with you. Because watch me, they will not engage in that prayer. And matter of fact, sometimes you need to open your eyes while everybody else has their clothes and watch the facial expressions of who's in your room. Y'all, come on, let's get real, leaders. You need to open your eyes. You need to see their facial expression. You need to see what they look like. You need to see whether or not they are opening their mouths to agree with you. You need to see whether they're frowned up. You need to see how their posture, if their posture is not one of excitement about what it is you're covering in prayer. I'm telling you, you got somebody in your circle that is not in agreement with you. And so you may say, Bishop, my prayer team comes together, my leadership team comes together, we pray all the time, and we just ain't seeing results. Somebody in there is not in agreement. And it might be you with yourself, or it may be one of those people in that room. When everybody else has their eye closed, you, leader, have yours open. Even for those of you who lead Christian businesses. Now, of course, if you lead a business where you are not, you know, permitted, well, I shouldn't say not permitted, but not to where, uh, you know, it, it, prayer is something that people, it's optional, right? If you lead a Christian business, it's probably going to be something that everybody does. If you lead a business that's not a Christian business, you know, it may be an option. And if it's an option for your employees, you need to pray with them. But check this out. Look at what they're doing. You don't want employees that are losing you money. Sometimes you think sales are low. It's not that sales are low. It's that customer service is bad. All right, so you want to make sure you got agreement on your team. Listen to me, leader. Disagreement on your team is never, ever worth the price. I'm going to say it again. Disagreement on your team is never, ever worth the price. Matthew 18, 19, I've referenced it. I'll just give it to you again. Again, I say to you that if two of you, that's not just two different individuals. Remember, that's you in agreement with yourself. Uh, agree on earth concerning anything that they ask. It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So we've answered question number one, who should pray? Guys, I know I'm moving fast, so you've got to go back and take some good notes and listen to that podcast. Number two, what is prayer? Uh-oh, here we go. Now, you may say, Bishop, I know what prayer is. I'm a leader. Do you? It's one of the most misused terminologies I hear in, amongst those that are Christians today is this term, 
intercessor. I hear people all the time say they're an intercessor, 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 intercessor. And here's the issue. Intercession is not a spiritual gift. Intercession, you ready? Intercession, not only people say I have the gift of prayer, it's not a spiritual gift. You like to pray. It's not a gift to pray. We are all commanded to pray. Just like people will say, I have the gift of love. Love is not a gift. And it's not a spiritual gift. We are commanded to love. Somebody will say, I have the gift of peace. No, you're just peaceful. That is not a spiritual gift. There are three designations of gifts that are spiritual, that are um, uh, in the scripture, and not one of them is love, intercession, or peace, or, or or prayer, right? Prayer is done in one of three primary methods in where we communicate with God, all right? Um, so you've got prayer. That means to ask. That's what you're doing for yourself, leader. That's not only what you're doing for yourself because you're a leader, you also are asking for what you lead, okay? Second type of prayer. It is referred to in the scripture as supplication. Supplication, it, it, a better way to look at that is the word supplement. This is when you are praying for other believers. So when you say, Lord, I'm just agreeing with, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, Susie about what it is that, um, you know, her petition, that's supplication. Number three, intercession. Intercession is when you go to God on behalf of someone that can't go to God on their own. Intercession, uh, we understand from John chapter 9 that those that are unsaved, the only prayer that is heard from them is the prayer of salvation, Right? The scripture says that we know you don't hear the prayer of a, uh, of, a, of a sinner, one that is unsaved. So when you intercede, you're standing in the gap. You're literally entering the session of life for somebody else, and you are the bridge that's going to connect them to God. So for those of you who have a passion for intercession, praise God for you, all right? But catch this. When we look at the word prayer, it means talking, to ask, or to petition, Prayer is two-way communication. It is not a monologue. It's a dialogue. And listen to me. Every relationship requires communication. It's not just talking, but it's also listening. And leader, this is a very important, this is a very important uh, factor. This is a very important factor, leader. Here's why. Um, this is so important because if you don't understand the response, and you're praying for you, you're praying for others, you're interceding for people, and you're praying for what you're over as a leader, you need instructions on what to do. As a leader, you're creating the systems. You're creating the structure. You're creating the strategy for what you need. And so because you're doing that, it is so important, it is so important uh, um, that you understand that you have got to make sure you listen for the responses. The responses may come, um, for example, if you're a prophetic person, when water is flowing, you're going you're gonna to start thinking clearly. You're going to see things more clearly. You're going to get very creative. Um, it may be when you're jogging, when you're exercising. The response is going to be with clarity. Uh, if you join us, um, when we do our prayers right now, it's on Monday nights at 7 Mountain Time, and you join us during those times, you already know. I'll give you revelation, we pray. I'll give you revelation, we pray. It's a dialogue. It's not just a monologue. See, relationships require communication. Prayer is not just talking, it's listening. It's easy to be a great talker, but it requires discipline to be a great listener. And that's where many leaders miss it, because you just listen. You're just trying to get everything out, and then you just want to, ooh, I'm done. Mm -mm. 
It requires you waiting for a response. Sometimes that response won't be instantaneous. Sometimes that response will come, as I indicated earlier, later. I want to challenge you to listen for the response. Listen for the response. Maybe you've got a, an employee that's, a, that's not a good employee. They're not doing a good job. They're creating issues. They stress you out more than they bring you joy. They cost you more money than, they, than you, you're bringing in. So you're praying, okay, what to do? All right, how do I handle their termination? How do I handle their relief? Um, the response there may be, okay, listen, if they're not getting the job done, they're not getting the job done. But maybe the issue isn't that you need to terminate them. Maybe the issue is that you need to transfer them. Maybe what you have them doing is the wrong thing to have them doing, all right? Good communication isn't optional if we want our relationship with God to be effective. Let's ask this. How many relationship issues have you had because of bad communication? You thought that it was this and it was really something else. I want to challenge you again to listen for the response. If you just say a whole bunch of stuff and say, we're going to see what God does, no, 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 no. Listen for the response because you're going to get instruction. Sometimes you're going to pray, Lord, give me creativity. Give me creative ideas. He's going to respond with that, and you've got to be ready for the response. Practically, leader, here's one of the things I do. I keep my phone with me, um, and I'm always taking notes. When I am um, showering, I'll I'll give you a little transparency. When I am showering, I make sure that my phone is closed. And I'm going to tell you why. I will either tell um, the automated system, I won't call it out because then all my devices are going to respond, but I'll call the, you know, the uh, assistant on the phone and I'll say, make me this note. Or I will grab my hands and grab my phone and type it in because he's responding. And when he responds, I've got to show him that I respect his response. Come on, I want you to say this with me, leader. Say, I respect his response. Why would God bother responding to your prayers if you don't respect the response? And many leaders do not respect God's response. What many leaders do is many leaders just, you know, well, we're going to see what God does. And because you've got so much going on, you don't give God an opportunity to respond. And so if someone doesn't respect your response, you just hold it back. All right? Number three. So remember, I'm answering six. I'm giving six things. Who should pray? We've covered that. What is prayer? We've covered that. Number three, what should you pray? Let's go. Talking leadership. And, again, if you're just hopping on the podcast or just hopping on the call, remember we're learning and growing because many leaders think, oh, I know prayer, I know prayer. But does the fruit of what you lead reflect that you don't have anything else to learn about prayer? All of us can answer and say no. First John 5.14, here's what it says. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have asked of him. Anything according to his what will. Now, here's where this can get tricky depending on how you grew up. Because sometimes we look at the will of God as this very spooky thing. Like, oh, child, I'm just trying to find God's will, God's will. Guys, this is very simple. God's will is simple. That's tweetable. Can I get somebody to insta story that or to tweet that? God's will is simple. It's not hard. How do you know his will is simple, Bishop? Isn't it complicated? Doesn't the Lord want me to wait two days? Doesn't the Lord want me to turn around and jump up three times? Listen, his will is his word. His will is his word. So when I pray, I attach scripture to every prayer request. Very simple. His will is his word. I know that he wants me to prosper because it's in his word. I know that he wants me to be healthy because it's in his word. 
I know that he wants me to be the lender, not the borrower, because it's in his word. I know that he wants, watch me, to have the right people around me, because the scripture says that, and the Lord gave David men that gave him strong support. I know that God uh, wants to uh, bless me in the presence of enemies. So when I see an enemy, I start looking for blessings. Why? Because God says I'm going to do it right there in front of their face. So if something's coming against you, I'm going to slam dunk in front of them. I want them to see you, as well as his word. So, leader, when you pray, question, what scriptures do you attack? Now, let's go here, leader. You can't attach what you don't know. So my challenge to you as a leader is to keep yourself fed so that you know this word, not to just memorize it, because memorizing God's word is different than learning God's word. See, when I memorize it, I can quote up this. First John says this. Second John says this. Third John says this. Genesis says this. Exodus says this. I may memorize it, but I don't know it. And I know proof that I don't know it is I don't show it. The Bible says, uh, let us, watch this, uh, uh, let us show, not just know. You got me? So in that, as well as his words, and when we pray, we attach a scripture to it. Everything you pray should have a scripture attached to it. Everything. Everything you pray should have a scripture attached to it. So now I know it's his will because I got it from, I got it out of the will, literally. I took the line out of the will and began to pray that. Psalm 103.20 says this, Bless the Lord, you angels, who excel in strength. Here we go. Um, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. So here's what the Bible says. The Bible says this, um, that they heed the voice of his word and they do his word. So when you pray his word, which is his will, you're giving angels something to do. I'm going to back that thing up so you get it. When you pray his word, which is his will, that's what the angels do. You're giving angels something to do. See, when you're a praying leader, you have an army. Come on. My God, this is getting real good to me. When you're a praying leader, you have an army with you. You have an army of angels with you. So you might say, well, Bishop Foreman, I don't have the right team. Bishop Foreman, I don't have the right staff. Bishop Foreman, I don't have the right this. I don't have the right that. Baby, you got angels with you that are ready to do his word. Got it? So you've got more than you need. I need you to make that declaration. I have more than I need. All right? You are not in lack. You are not in suffering. You are not in those places. God says, just tell me my will. Give me my will, which is my word. And if you do that, what does First John say? If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And whatever we ask him, he's going to give it to us. All right? The best way to do this, leader, is through a targeted prayer list. This is a practice that I have used in my personal life. This is a practice that I have used for Harvest Church. This is a practice that I use for everything. I believe in targeted prayer lists. Do you hear me? I believe in a targeted prayer list. What does that look like? You can actually access a, a sample of them uh, on the Harvest Church website, and I encourage you to do that because uh, I know that um, it will be a nice thing. It's copyrighted, so just copy it right, all right? I literally mean you can use it as an example. Pastors, use an example for your church. Business owners, customize it for your business. Use it for your personal life. I encourage you to take advantage of that resource. We call it a targeted prayer list. And you, li- you simply are going to put your request and the corresponding scripture to it. Um, question, how would you know that God answered your prayer if you don't even remember what you prayed for? I'm going to say that again, leader. How would you know that God answered your prayer if you don't even remember what you prayed for? Most people don't remember what they prayed for. So a targeted prayer list is a simple way to build your faith as a leader because what you're going to do is you're going to begin to do this. You're going to start crossing things off. 
see, I, things get crossed off my prayer list every couple of days. I got to start, I have to update it all the time. Why? Because it's building my faith because I'm praying his word, which is his will. And if I ask according to his will, it's a done deal. That's good. If I ask according to his will, it's a done deal. Somebody ought to tweet that or Insta story that. If I ask according to his will, it's a done deal. All right, where should you pray? Remember I mentioned six questions. One, who should pray? We get, I gave you a lot of meat there. Two, what is prayer? Give you a lot of meat there. Three, what should you pray? Give you a lot of meat there. Here we go. Four, where should you pray? You can pray anywhere, but you also need a secret place. Uh, Luke 5, 15 through 16 talks about this, how Jesus often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. And so your secret place could be working out, running, jogging, in the bathroom, in the shower. The more successful Jesus was, the more he prayed. How do you know? Luke 5, 15 says, however, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear him, to be healed. Can I be honest? For many people, when they start to get successful, what do they do? They stop praying. Wow. We've all seen it. When you start to get successful, many leaders stop praying because they're so busy with success. Don't be that type of leader. The more successful Jesus was, the more successful he prayed. So we should do the same thing. Um, next, so I answered, what is prayer? I answered, who should, what should we pray? I've answered, where should we pray? I've also answered, who should pray? Uh, here is the next question. When should you pray? You all ready? Luke 18 and 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought to always pray and not lose heart or lose your mind. If you pray all the time, leaders, you won't lose your mind. As a leader, you should literally be praying all the time. People should see your lips moving all throughout the day to where they sometimes wonder, are they crazy? Are they talking to themselves? What are they doing? Now, I'm not saying literally go around being crazy, you know, walking into a store. Hey, I'm not saying that. Uh, if that's what you got to do, do it. But, but I'm not saying that specifically. What I'm saying is all throughout the day, uh, leaders should pray. Um, if you pray throughout the day, you won't lose your mind. You won't lose hope. Um, there's a principle called the manual week prayer, which I've taught about. You can get messages in our podcast or our YouTube channel to, to see that about why we pray about the next day. You do that the evening before. The Bible says in the evening and the morning or the first day and so on. So literally, if you pray right now, you're covered. it's already Wednesday, biblically speaking. This is Tuesday as we're recording this. Biblically speaking, you've stepped into the beginning of Wednesday. So people sometimes say, rise early in the morning and pray. Here's the issue is that the day just started according to the scripture. So the day's halfway over by the time most people get up. All right? You can get more details on that and command your day or command your week in those messages. Lastly, how should you pray? You should pray like your life depends on it because it does. You should pray like your life depends on it because it does. A couple of technical things. Um, we should always pray uh, in Jesus' name. The scripture says, uh, that we should do that, Father in Jesus' name, or in Jesus' name. Uh, the scripture says that we should that we should pray in his name. Matthew 6, 5. And when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites. That means actors. He says, don't just be acting at church. Do it all the time. Don't just act when it's time to get real spiritual. He says, do it all the time. He says, they love to pray in the synagogue and on the corner of the street so they can be seen. They have, but I assure you they have the reward. If you pray just to look spiritual, your reward is people thinking you're spiritual. There's no correct physical posture for prayer because in the Bible, people prayed on their knees. They prayed bowing on their faces before God, standing. Any posture of prayer is the right posture of prayer. There's not an arrogant or prideful one. Verse 6, 
But when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you in open, openly. That secret place doesn't literally mean it's a secret. It's just where you connect with God best. And as I mentioned to you, that could be a job. That can be at the gym. Leader, listen to me. Find your secret place. If you don't know what it is, find it today. It's a place like when you get there, something about that place, this is like, oh, God, just, ooh, thank you, Jesus. You feel better, right, um, because it's, it's an emotional thing. Um, it's not emotional because the secret place is an emotional place, but something in you triggers to where you're able to move and walk in that thing, all right? You've got to have that place. Um, I'm not saying to be emotional about it. What I'm saying is you, you will know when you're in that place because you instantly can lie down. For many people, that's harvest. It's a physical building. But guess what? Right now at the time of this recording, you can't get in the physical building, so you've got to come up with another secret place where you can do that on a daily basis, all right? Um, technical things. You can pray with your eyes open or closed, right? Um, the Bible says the effective fervent prayers. Fervent means passionate, on fire. Um, so I'm a fan of if I can be loud and on fire, I'm going to be loud and on fire. But don't think that, that just because you get loud and on fire that he's going to hear it anymore than someone that's quiet when they pray. All right? It does need to come out of your mouth. There's no such thing as people say silent prayer. There's no such thing as that. And the concept does not exist in the Scripture. All right? So you want to do that. Um, uh, somebody said, well, Bishop, what about Hannah? Read the text. She, the Bible says that, and she prayed in her, to herself, or she said to herself, depending on the version of the Bible you have. So she actually said it. It wasn't just thinking it. Verse 7, and when you pray, do not use vain repetition. As the heathen do, they think they're going to be heard because of a lot of words. So listen, he's saying, don't just repeat stuff because you think it sounds cool. Don't just repeat stuff because you think it sounds exciting. He says, when you pray, it says, essentially, the simpler, the better. That way you actually can know what it is you prayed and track it. Leader, you need to track the efficacy or the effectiveness of your prayers. And you can do that as a targeted prayer list. Guys, I just gave you a full meal. You got bread. You got salad. You got butter with your bread. Come on here. Glory. My goodness, y'all know I love some buttered bread. You got butter with your bread. You got... Uh, an appetizer, you got a nice steak and some sides and some dessert. That's a lot to chew on that I gave you. Why? I want you to be equipped as a leader to use what you've got to get what you want. And prayer, my God, prayer is how you're going to get it done. Because many times when you pray, you're going to get a plan. And once you get that plan, you're going to go work that plan, and you're going to see results. I pray that you've been blessed by today's leadership talk. In a moment, in about five seconds, I'm going to open up the lines uh, for some question and answer uh, and, uh, and give you the opportunity to do that. So if you've got a question, you can go ahead and start positioning yourself so you can kind of mitigate some of your uh, background noise. So I'm going to give you a moment to begin to do that. And uh, while you are doing that and while you're getting that ready, I want to uh, make sure that if you want to sew into this, you are definitely welcome to do that. As I said earlier, I was going to give you a second opportunity to do that just because sometimes people come in late, even the podcast, sometimes people say, I'll just listen to the end, all right? We're blessed to be a blessing, and I want to make sure you can do that. You can uh, use Cash App, Harvest Church Give, or Bishop Foreman. When you see the Harvest V, you'll know that's where you're supposed to be. You can send a check or money order to P.O. Box 44104. 
Aurora, Colorado, 844. You can use PayPal. The email address for that is hello at harvestchurch.church. You can also give in our app. That's one of the simplest ways to give or text to give. Yeah, all of that is on our website, harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Guys, I'm going to open up the lines. We're going to take a few questions. Typically, we don't include the questions uh, on our podcast, and so you've got to be with us on the live call so that you're able to hear those questions. So to all those listening to the podcast, love you. And until next time, make sure you leave a positive review and definitely share this podcast with another leader. It's going to bless their life.